Hold your applause. None needed. We were gonna get there eventually. We're here. What the hell is going on with this guy? <laughs> Now, I don't know if he's, if he's just a bit of a dick or if it's just like a, like a Dallas Cowboys thing. And that could be taken a bunch of different ways. That's just... <laughs> What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another new episode of the Fantasy Football Champs Podcast. It is your host, Mark, along with my co-host, AJ. AJ, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. So, first and foremost, we just want to thank everybody out there in the community and all the groups that we're in. We have gotten an overwhelming amount of feedback mostly positive so big shout outs to all you guys hopefully you guys subscribed and enjoyed that first episode um anything you want to say to all of our people out there just we appreciate all the support constructive feedback everything we we take everything we listen to everything all the opinions and if you have any questions you want us to air go for it but uh, we're looking forward to getting this thing going. Episode two. It's it's awesome, too, because I know I posted I posted in a bunch of uh, Facebook groups and on Sleeper and on uh, Fantasy Life. I basically put up uh, posts all over the place asking for any questions to be read on the air. And we got so many that I don't even think we're going to be able to get to them all today. But if you did submit a question, we will get to it. But we had to handpick a few for tonight. But those of you, if you don't hear yours on the air, we will make sure that we bring it up in a future episode. So just keep that in mind. Now, one more big announcement before we get into this top 10 early season wide receiver list is that we are now officially Apple Podcast certified. Hold your applause. None needed. We were going to get there eventually. We're here. Make sure you guys are telling all your clan mates about the podcast too. And this is a we, uh, me and AJ, we've been doing this for a long time. We've been playing fantasy for a long time. And hold on, let me cut you off. Go for one it. Second. Maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't say clan mates. I said clan mates. You said clan mates, and that could be taken a bunch of different ways. That's just. <laughs> Make sure you guys are telling all your fantasy football league mates about the show because for some group of friends, as you get older, you kind of get disconnected. Fantasy football is gigantic and it holds people together. And we're all in this together, baby. Let's do it. You ready for our top 10 list, AJ? You ready? I'm so ready. I'm so ready right now. If you guys didn't know, we are doing these rankings. They're way too early. They're subject to change. Do not hold us to it. But 
We're going to break it down in a half-point PPR format. And without further ado, I'm passing it over to you, AJ. Who is your number one wide receiver in fantasy this year? The number one receiver on my list has got to be DeAndre Hopkins. And he's, I mean, I think he's going to be a lot of people's number one. I mean, he's definitely in the top two or three, but he's just so good. He catches everything. He's like an acrobat out there. He makes all these crazy diving catches. But the thing is, he was a top two receiver the last two years. I mean, can't get much better than that. Catches about 70% of his targets. And in my like my my opinion is he's got the best hands in the league. His route running is insane. And he's got Deshaun Watson, who is a young up-and-coming quarterback who is going to be dynamic. I mean, last year he was solid. He's only going to get better. He's still very young. So that combination of them two is going to do big things. And uh, I just love Hopkins' energy on the field. He knows he's the best. He's not afraid to show it. He's not afraid to He talks a big game, but he backs it up every single week. That's my number one. Yeah, no, uh, no real big surprises there. I kind of figured you'd have Hopkins number one. I think Hopkins is just about everybody's number one. Uh, just a couple little tidbits. I mean, he had the 163 targets last year, which is insane. Uh, he's only 27 years old, so he's in the prime of his career. The only reason why Andre Hopkins is not my number one is because Kiki Cutie and Will Fuller kind of showed that they're pretty good receivers last year. Now, they both have injury concerns. Those two guys just can't stay on the field. The, the trio of receivers only played together in three games. So it, it's a small sample size. But, I mean, Fuller and, and uh, Kiki could take away some production. Hopkins is still the guy. Hopkins is still not. But he is not my number one. My number one wide receiver and fan here is Devontae Adams. Now. Now, okay. with Hopkins, you have Deshaun Watson, yeah. Deshaun Watson, I like him a lot. But Devontae Adams has Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the best to ever do it. He's not the GOAT. We all know Tom Brady. But Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. Rodgers kind of had it down. He's, I feel like he's kind of sliding off people's radars a little bit because the last couple of years he's had some injuries pop up and he just hasn't been the Aaron Rodgers that we're used to. Like, Rodgers used to be like a... A lot of uh, a lot of home leagues would have him drafted in like the top four rounds, and I think this year is the first year where he's starting to fall out of that. So I think people are kind of sleeping on Rodgers a little bit. But the reason why I like Adams over Hopkins is because Adams has no competition. He has very minimal competition. Hopkins has two good receivers playing with him. Adams does not. Adams is, in my opinion, he's the safest bet for double-digit touchdowns in the NFL. Last year, he had 111 catches, 1,386 yards, and 13 touchdowns, which those are fantastic numbers. He finished the number one receiver in fantasy last year. Hopkins was two, but Adams was number one. And you can't get any more consistent than this guy. He had 35 touchdowns in his last three seasons. The only wide receiver to have more touchdowns in that span is Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown is just a whole other kind of animal. He had 100, uh, 169 targets last year. 
and Rodgers was force feeding him. And I feel like every time I was watching a Packers game and they were in the red zone, I feel like it was so easy to just know that Devontae Adams was going to get the target. And I feel like, like I don't know, 70 or 80% of the time he came down with that red zone target and he scored a touchdown. So that is why Devontae Adams makes my number one spot among wide receivers this year. Devontae Adams, I had him at number two. And like we spoke about before, you know, earlier today, as I'm writing the list, I had him at number two, and then I ended up changing him. He's my number three. My number two is my Here's Here's why, okay? He had 125 catches last year. All right, typically when you have these these big physical receivers that like they, they just don't like 125 catches like Michael Thomas is like 6'3 he runs every route possible he plays every position all over the field he had 1400 yards nine touchdowns but the, the big thing about him I mean obviously like you said with Rodgers with Adams like Adams is right there too but Thomas is Drew Brees and Thomas had an 84% catch rate last year. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. 84, 84% of the time he caught the ball. Think about that. I mean, and he, he's been in the league, you know, for a few years now. He's a top 10 receiver every year, like top seven receiver every year. I just, uh, Adams is right there. Michael Thomas is, is my guy at number two. And uh, it's just... Again with Adams, like same same deal kind of. There's not too much competition in New Orleans, so I basically am saying I, I like Drew Brees better than Rogers, and I like Thomas better than Adams. That is bold right there. Much respect for the hot take. I don't know how many people are gonna have Michael Thomas over Adams. Now, I like Michael Thomas a lot, but he is not in my top two. But you know, I'll. I'll I'll throw in a couple of tidbits of Michael Thomas when I get to him. Uh, not to give anything away, but yeah, gonna have to wait a little bit before you get to him. So my number two is your number one, DeAndre Hopkins. Now, on everything with Hopkins, I don't think you really missed much. Um, he's he's just a, a freak of nature. Like anytime. Watson drops back and throws it in his direction. It's pretty safe to assume if it's a decent ball, he's probably going to end up coming down with it. Like this guy, he turns those 50-50 catches into like 80-20 catches in his favor, obviously. And uh, yeah, no, you can't go wrong with either of those guys. The dude is always healthy. Like he never misses time. He plays He plays every game. So he's a really safe bet. And a lot of people's ones, I just give him the number two spot, just because the uh, a little bit of competition there, not really, but a little. So DeAndre Hopkins is my number two. My thing with Hopkins is, like, I, he does have some competition over there with those two other receivers, but it may help him because honestly, I mean, these teams have doubled Hopkins. It doesn't even matter. Now you can't double. So I mean, you got you got. Kiki in the in the slot in the slot, and then you got you know Will Fuller if he stays healthy on the outside with Hopkins. Hopkins is going to have one-on-one coverage. It's going to get very scary. Yeah, no, I uh, I definitely agree with that. But 
I mean, I could just see a world where maybe if Kiki and Fuller can both stay healthy, I could see those guys maybe getting, what, like five touchdowns apiece maybe. So maybe Hopkins' touchdown total comes down a tad. He had 11 touchdowns last year, so if you knock that down to like nine touchdowns, then I feel like you'd be a little disappointed if you take him as one receiver. I just see Adams as like the safe, uh, absolute safe 10 plus. Like you draft him, you well, we'll do. Yeah, on the flip side though, maybe maybe Deshaun will just have more touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Deshaun, Deshaun had a shaky year last year. He's, he had some great games, he had some bad games. Maybe he won't have any bad games. Yeah, well, time will t- at number three. Well, number three, like I said, I, it was between Thomas and Adams. I got Devontae. And I know you already touched on a lot with Devontae, but I mean, I don't know if you remember, but last year I was just, I was super high on Devontae. And I, I, he just wasn't in any of the position. I was in no position last year where I could have drafted him. Like just my picks didn't work out. Plus, if you listen to last, you know, the last episode, I'm a running back guy. So I couldn't really, I wasn't comfortable taking him that early, but I was high on him last year. And then, like you said, 35 touchdowns the last three years, second to only AB. That that's impressive. No real competition. Rogers offense. He's gonna have another big year. It's gonna happen. Um, it's just I just like Michael Thomas a little bit better. Who you got number two? All right. Well, see, this is why I've been looking forward to doing this episode with you because. Our lists are going to be very different, but that's good. That is good. So my number three is big old Julio Jones. Now, Julio, I know you were bringing up the targets with Thomas. Well, Julio Jones led the NFL with 170 targets last year. Now, he led the whole NFL in receiving yards, 1,677, which is ridiculous. Now... Some people might knock him because he's, he's, I didn't even realize this, to be honest, but he's 30. He's 30 years old. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to guess that if you watch this guy on the field. Yeah, there's no signs of slowing down at all. Now, here's the big caveat. Here's the reason why other people are probably a little down on Julio, or maybe I'm a little higher than, uh, than most people. He had zero touchdowns in the first seven weeks. Could you imagine drafting Julio Jones and getting zero touchdowns for more than half of the fantasy season? That, yes, I could. Did you have him? I did not. Actually, you know, I did have him one league. He's not known for big touchdown numbers. He's all he's yardage. So I mean, I mean, he ended with eight, which is you know okay, but he, he he's never consistently scored. Well. The thing is, is I mean, it was I didn't I know him at all last year. I know a lot of the uh, a lot of the league mates were trying to push Julio Jones. They were trying to get rid of him. The owners that had him because they're like, oh, this guy's washed. But he started off very slow. Like I said, zero touchdowns in seven weeks. But the last nine weeks of play, it eight touchdowns. So if you if you held on to him, if you just fell on the sword and you're like, no, this is my guy. He ended up rewarding you at the end of the season when it mattered most. Hopefully, he didn't take you out of the playoff running with his uh, bad first half. But that second half, he was phenomenal. And, uh, no, I mean, there's still, there's really, uh, 
don't know. There's just he's just so good. He's so consistent. I feel like we've been talking about this guy forever. I feel like he's always the top three wide receiver. I'm actually kind of surprised you don't have him in your top three. Well, I mean that's a pretty good segue because I do have him number oh, four. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can't like, make this chemistry organic right here. Yeah, this is, this is this is real. No, I mean I it, he's missed a consistency every year. He has big numbers. He's been a top seven receiver since 2013. That's pretty impressive. Uh, again, though, like I just touched on, I would like to see more touchdowns. I think I mean, I mean a, a receiver with his ability, his size, his speed, he should have double digit touchdown touchdowns in sleep. In my opinion, like I don't know why they just can't get double-digit touchdowns over there, but um, I mean, yeah, like I've never really been a big Matt Ryan guy, but Julio's just too damn good. I mean, he's definitely top five. I have him at four. I mean, he's just a beast. All right, so uh, are you ready for him? Are you ready to uh, get a little wild? Let's do it. My number four wide receiver. Odell Beckham Jr. Wow. I am not afraid to draft Odell high. And I'm going to tell you why. He is finally away from Eli Manning. Eli Manning, as we talked about in the running back episode, Eli Manning sucks. The guy is afraid to field. He has spaghetti for an arm. And he's just, he's not built to support Beckham. Now, Baker Mayfield, on the other hand, got this young kid coming in, slinging a rock all over the field. This could be a match made in Now, last year with Eli Manning, Odell, a lot of people, similar to Julio, a lot of people were kind of not liking the Odell pick last year because they thought his statistics were pretty bad, but he still finished the year 1,245 yards, nine touchdowns. He had 144 targets, and he caught 90 of them. That is not bad. But his quality of target is going to be much higher with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is not afraid to throw the ball down the field. And you need Odell on the outside. And you know he has that breakaway speed, only 26 years old. And everything I'm seeing out of the OTAs and stuff is him and Baker are really clicking. Him and Landry are getting along, for, for now anyway. So it looks like the chemistry is building pretty quickly. And I could see him going for like 1,400 yards with 11, maybe 12 touchdown upside. Am I crazy? Or do you think that this could actually happen? Well, I mean, like you just said, the, the brother, the brother. Chemistry is strong. I got, I got OBJ at five. <laughs> wow. There's no denying he's a top five. I mean, in a quick story about Beckham Jr., his rookie year in our league, I picked him up on waivers before, before like, because he had a hamstring injury. I picked him up, and I was going to roll with him, and then I needed, a, I needed a spot. I needed a receiver to play, so I dropped him, and then sure enough, he blows up, takes over the whole league, and the kid that beat me in the championship picked up Beckham. Wow, that's a slap in the face right there. He beat, he, he beat me with Beckham after I dropped him. So I've always been high on Beckham. I still have nightmares about that add and drop scenario right there. But I mean, last year, last year just throw it out the window. 
And again, Eli, Eli is terrible. So you take, you take Eli out of the equation. Let's not forget Beckham's first three years, he had at least 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns each year. That's, that's Randy Moss. The hands are there. The speed is there. Athleticism is insane. I mean, I would like to see him, you know, maybe go across the middle a little bit more. But, I mean, like you said, though, you take away Eli and you put in Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's a gunslinger. He's not going to be afraid to launch that thing downfield. He's not going to be afraid to take a chance and throw it to this guy when he's double covered. Beckham's going to get a lot of targets. And, um, I mean, he missed half of his games the last two years. So, you hope he can stay healthy. But, I mean, honestly, if I, if I was <laughs> – if I was catching balls from Eli, I probably would have went down with an injury myself. Another thing to tell is that he's actually playing with a really solid wide receiver, too, on his team. Would uh, Sterling Shepard just isn't that great, in my opinion. So he'll have Landry to help take some of the pressure off. And with the backfield of Nick Chubb eventually Kareem Hunt, I feel like it's going to have to keep defenses somewhat honest and they're going to have to pay attention to the run game a little bit and Landry. So I don't think Odell is going to get hammered with coverage as hard as he did when he was in New York. No, and, and uh, the thing, like the Browns, I think a lot of people saw it coming last year, but the Browns made it a little bit of noise last year. And they're going to make a lot more noise this year, I think. Their defense is very solid. And Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. have been playing since, like, high school. They're best friends. They're like brothers. So I think both of them are going to go back to just playing and having fun. And I, they're, they're going to be a fun receiving duo to watch. They are really going to be – it's going to be fun to watch. The Browns are going to make some noise. And just the potential – Beckham has with Baker. I mean, we have him at five. Some people may not have him in the top five. He could end up one. You know, like this is very early. We'll see if he can stay on the field. But the potential is there for him to be the top guy. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Like I said, you have him at five. I have him at four. And uh, before before I move on, he before I move on to my number five, we actually did get a mailbag question, and this is the perfect time to go over it. Because on the Fantasy Life app, user TDP688 uh, messaged me. He said, should Odell be taken as a top five wide receiver? And I'm pretty sure we both just covered that pretty heavily. And we actually both have him in our top five, which I wasn't sure if you would, but I'm very high on Odell. And he does not at all. So... My number five, this is my Michael Thomas slot. Now, you have him all the way up at two. I have, I have Odell over Thomas, which to, to, to gauge the community to see if I'm crazy or not, I actually put up a poll on Fantasy Life. I put half-point PPR, who would you take? A nice session touchdown, and then Odell with his wild hair. And the results... We're very one-sided. Michael Thomas got about 73% of the votes. That's, that, that, that's not that's close. not close. I mean, come on. Michael, Michael Thomas at five is too low. That is too low, guys. All right, well, well hold on. Let, let me just bring up a couple. I like Michael Thomas. He's a top five receiver in my opinion. But let me just bring up a couple things, okay? 
He has never broken double digit touchdowns yet. That is He's only been that's three still years. a concern. Three years is three years. But if you're doing if you're doing half point PPR or full point, he led the league in receptions last year. Yeah. Nine touchdowns. Come on. Nine touchdowns. He was short by one. I mean, just the receptions alone cover that. <sighs> no, I, mean, I, I do like Thomas, but I don't know. I the the Odell and Baker thing. Like I'm high on that right now. I'm I still I'm still a Julio guy. So, I mean, I tried to get Thomas up there, but the best I could do was five. I mean, like you said, he had a ton of catches last year, a ton of targets, good touchdowns, and. Uh, I actually think that that could open it up a little bit for maybe Michael Thomas to finally get some red zone targets, which is something that he just hasn't been able to acquire yet. So maybe with Ingram gone, maybe they could possibly try to see if they can get some kind of connection with Breeze in the red zone. If that did happen, Thomas could have like an 11 touchdown yet, which there's no reason why he can't. If he can get 11, 12 touchdowns, then he should be above where I have him, but I don't know. I kind of have to see it first. I feel like you know, obviously, you're going to get the catches, you're going to get the yards, and you're going to get pretty good touchdowns. I feel like he doesn't have that Odell upside. You know what I mean? I think he does. And the thing with, with Thomas is, like, without watching too much of him his first couple of years, you just, you hear, like, hey, this, this, you know, his first year, you hear, oh, hey, this rookie's good. Really, any receiver that goes and plays with Drew Brees or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning when he's in the league, they're going to put up numbers. So I knew Thomas was, you know, in a good position. I knew he was going to play well. But last year, watching him play, he blew me away. Like, he just, he looks like the best player on the field every time. So, uh, I mean, I'm very high on Michael Thomas. Oh, well, I know. Well, I'm going to go right into my- well, oh, no, I was just going to say, I know you like Thomas, but who do you get a six? Well, yeah, right. My number six. This one, this one was a little tricky because of the situation that happened last year and all the, all the commotion. I actually have Juju Smith-Schuster at, at six. six. Are at you six. crazy? I might be. But I'll tell you right now, I, I liked where he was getting drafted last year, and I wanted to get him so bad. And I missed I missed him on all but, like, two of my leagues, and I was so happy in those two leagues I had him because he was my wide receiver two, but I'm a wide receiver one numbers. He had 111 catches, 1,400 yards, and seven touchdowns. Now, that was with Antonio Brown there. I know Brown was, you know, Mentally not there and physically, you know, he got hurt. But I mean, this is his team now, right? He's the wide receiver one. I think he can handle it. I think some people might think, ah, you know, I don't know. He can handle it. And obviously, we know Brown is going to get more opportunities. He's only 22 years old. The sky is the limit for this kid. And if you listen to our running back podcast, I'm a big character guy. And Juju, he, he just, he seems like a good kid. He has fun. He's not going to be a toxic locker room guy like Antonio Brown was. I think 
I think he's going to do some big things this year. That's why I have him at number six. Well, I wish I could say I was surprised, but I knew that you were a big Juju guy from last year. I'm not that surprised that you have him. Um, you pretty much covered him really well. I don't even know what else I could really add, add to that, to be honest. I mean, he's he's going to be the wide receiver one potential in the world. He's young, fast, great hands. Um, if, if there's a knock on him, I'd say that he needs some more red zone targets, but those should be there with the absence of, uh, of Brown and Bell, actually, as a matter of fact. And, uh, and we'll see how he does with double coverage. You got to remember now he's not going to have that single coverage. There's no Brown to draw over the safety. So now we're going to see what Juju's really made out of. And we're going to see if he can perform with all the attention on him. And I, he will because, believe it or not, you know that uh, you know that crazy guy who has Odell over Michael Thomas. Well, he agrees with me and also has Juju Smith-Schuster at six. So who's crazy now? What? I guess we <laughs> both thought. <laughs> All right. So, who do you- I mean, yeah, he's worth. He's worthy. He's worthy of being number six. Like he played his ass off last year. And that was in Antonio Brown's shadow. I mean, obviously, there is some risk here. Maybe, you know, maybe he's not mentally tough enough to take over that spot and all the spotlight on him. I think he is. But, I mean, like, obviously, he had the fumble. I don't – I think that's going to be a motivator. I don't think it's going to really bother him too much. I think that's in the past. He's going to come back stronger. But, uh, yeah, and number seven – Going right to number seven, I do have Antonio Brown. I got Juju one spot over him. Wow. And, um, I mean, Antonio Brown, the guy, he's unbelievable. He was the number one, not top five, not, he was the number one receiver for uh, the last five years. That's crazy. That's consistency. The guy gets touchdowns. He's probably... I mean, there's some good route runners, but I think I think AB is probably the best route runner in the league. He's got great hands, great speed, but that whole meltdown he had in Pittsburgh—I I don't know what the hell that was about. But I'm not buying it. I don't like that. I, I think he's got some issues there. Like, it, I mean, and I'm not that sold on Derek Carr. It is a new team, so we'll see what happens. But I think I think he's highly motivated to come out and prove everybody that he, he, he just he's gonna come out here and dominate. But I mean, there's a lot of question marks. So the Raiders are, are not that great. Now it's uh, sure you brought up a lot of good points, and again, you side with the crazy man because I also have Antonio Brown number seven, one spot behind you. Now, oh man, <laughs> let me uh, let me read this argument because I know there's people out there right now listening to this and they're like these guys are nuts. Antonio Brown shouldn't even be in the top 10. I'm going to change some minds and I can do it. I really believe I'm going to be able to convince you guys that Antonio Brown should be in the top 10. Did you know because I didn't even know this until I looked it up. Did you know that Derek Carr over the last two years has the highest rated deep ball accuracy in the NFL? That could be game changing. Not only does he have the highest rated deep ball accuracy, 
but I saw some videos of OTAs and I see them hooking up on these deep crossing routes and down the seam stuff. And as soon as I saw that, it made me move Antonio Brown up. I'm pretty sure I had him eight or nine. And when I saw that and I found out that her car has a deep ball and he can put it in a window, I had to move Antonio Brown up. Talent is still there. He is still blazing fast. He can still jump. He still has great hands. The one reason why he's not in my top five, because usually you guys know Antonio Brown is usually the number one overall wide receiver. When he was in Pittsburgh, he was the number one receiver for like, what, like four or five years straight. The the yeah. touchdowns, he had 15 touchdowns last year. There is not a chance in hell that happens again. Now, I could, I'm feeling probably eight, eight or nine, which is why I have him at seven and not like four. I see the touchdowns coming down. The yards, he had 1,300, he had a little under 1,300 yards. I could see him doing about that again. So give him 1,308. Uh, that that's still solid, and the potential is still there to go up. I mean, he's gonna get force fed. Last year, I mean, could you even tell me who the number one wide receiver was on the Raiders last year? The nope. highest targeted. Huh? Was it Rod Streeter? <laughs> no, or whatever? The, the number one targeted weapon on offense was the tight end, Jared. Jared oh, Cook led the team in targets. And among wide receivers, they had Jordy Nelson as the number one. You're now getting Antonio Brown. Like, let what can do. I mean, a couple of years ago, people were high on Carr. It's the next thing. And he hasn't had the weapons. Now he has a weapon. Now he has a Ferrari in the driveway. Let's see what he can do with it. I'm going to give him a chance. That's why I like Antonio Brown this year. Now, push comes to shove on draft day. I mean, who knows? But right now, on May, whenever this is, I'm liking some Antonio Brown. And again, we actually had a question submitted through Twitter for you guys out there in the in the Twitter sphere. Make sure you guys are following the show. You can search us up at a Fantasy Football Champs podcast or at the handle champs uh, at champs underscore podcast and go ahead and follow us over there but mc underscore blair t writes in he said most most analysts have antonio brown in the top 10 in 2019 despite playing with a quarterback who whose adp is 25 so car is the 25th quarterback off the board projected to throw 1.4 touchdowns per game how does how is that going to keep uh antonio brown in the top 10 playing with the car and like I brought up, I think that the deep ball and the force-fed targets, I think that is what's going to keep Brown in the top 10. I firmly believe he'll stay in the top 10, too. I don't see him falling outside of that. I feel pretty good. I mean, the bottom, the bottom line is it's Antonio Brown. And the numbers don't lie. All right, he's been the best receiver for years now. With really, I mean, there's some good receivers out there. He is head and shoulders above the rest the last few oh, years. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I will touch on. One thing I'll touch on is when, if you remember when Big Ben got hurt in Pittsburgh, Brown disappeared. 
So I'm not saying Derek Carr is, you know, a backup for Pittsburgh, but I'm saying if the chemistry is not there right away, maybe he struggles early on, but I definitely think he's going to be a top 10 receiver. I'd give him time, you know, to get their timing down. I think they'll be fine. Um, but no, yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that the OTAs in the training camp are going to be very important, like more important than they probably should be. But if we see in training camp or in a couple, the little bit of preseason action, we'll see of the two of them on the field together. If you see that rapport and that chemistry, you better get ready to jump on Antonio Brown because he is going to be a great deal on draft day because people are going to stay sleeping on him. That's true. So with that, I'm going to jump to number eight. Number eight is a receiver I had last year. I've had multiple times over the years since he's been in the league. One of my favorite receivers to watch, Mike Evans. Wow, Mike Evans? Mike Evans at number eight. The reason why, I mean, if you just, if you are watching Red Zone or you're a Bucks fan and you're just watching, you are watching Mike Evans every play that he's on that screen. He is a gigantic human being (laughs) and he's so fast. So fast. I mean, his hands aren't always the best, but I mean, this guy is enormous. So, big receivers typically get a lot of red zone targets. He's second in the NFL in red zone targets since he's been in the league since his rookie year. He has since his rookie year he has 88 red zone targets. That's what you want in a receiver. He's the top. Last year he was top three in both yards per reception at almost 18 yards a catch. And yards per target were at 11. He, 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 I mean, he's just a beast. The issue with Evans, though, isn't even his issue, but it's Jameis Winston. Having Evans last year, when Winston went out and Fitzmagic came in, it was unreal. Like, Evans was putting up big numbers. Actually, having a quarterback that's accurate, it was fantastic. I loved it. But Winston just, he can't, he couldn't hit the ocean from a boat. And luckily, Mike Evans is big enough, a big enough catch radius where it kind of makes Winston look better than he is. But, um, I mean, Winston is the only thing that could hold Mike Evans back. I mean, if they can get a better quarterback or Winston steps up for once, Evans is going to be a top five, easy. And, I mean, he had eight touchdowns last year. He only had 86 catches, but he turned 86 catches in the 1,500 yards. So, I mean, Mike Evans is my number eight. I'm pretty high on him again. But, again, his stealing, his stealing is kind of limited slightly by James Winston. I hear you. I mean, for you guys out there, if you guys think James Winston is going to have a good year this year, I know he's getting some hype around him right now with Fitzpatrick gone. It makes you think that Tampa's basically giving the keys to Jameis now and saying don't worry if you make some mistakes like you're the guy so if you guys are a believer in Winston you have to be a believer in Evans and I do like Mike Evans about him like you said Winston can't hold him back but with his frame I mean six foot five he's only 25 years old but it's the touchdowns and that a lot of that is Jameis like you said but it's the inconsistency that makes people kind of stay away from Mike Evans. Like, if you have Mike Evans as your wide receiver one, you, you can't feel that great about it. I mean, over the last four years, 
Now, this is in order. He had three touchdowns, 12 touchdowns, five touchdowns, and last season he had eight touchdowns. That is unbelievably inconsistent. And it would scare me to death if he was my number one, to be honest, because you, you don't know what you're going to get. But Winston can go out there and throw four picks any game. He did it plenty last year. I had him last year. He was an absolute nightmare at Tarasco last year. So, but, uh, I mean, if Jameis has it, if Jameis can put it together, Mike Evans it will definitely be a top 10. He'll be an absolute lock for it. But you need those touchdowns to come up. They, uh, the touchdowns are very inconsistent. Can you imagine you take a flyer on Mike Evans his rookie year? His rookie year, he had 12 touchdowns. So now it's a keeper league. You're like, this is great. I got Mike Evans late, this 6'5 gigantic receiver. 12 touchdowns, and then the next year he has three. That sucks. <laughs> it it goes. It's so inconsistent. He's he's up. He's down. He's up. He's down. But again, it goes back to the quarterback. But I mean, imagine if Mike Evans was in New England. Yeah, wouldn't that be? Could you, could you imagine that? Put him with any other, any of the top-notch quarterbacks. I can't see him not yeah, being imagine. number one. Like Mahomes. That would that would be cheating. <sighs> All right, so let me get into my number eight. My number eight is my guy. He has been my guy for years now. He is he never well he's let down the last couple seasons with injuries, but I'm back on the train again. A lot of this is probably the biggest disappointment. Now, I've done a ton of mock drafts. I do mock drafts pretty much daily. Uh, I am shocked at how late this guy is going. And honestly, I'm, I feel like I'm being personally attacked. I feel like you guys know this is my guy and you guys are trying to offend me. My number eight is AJ Green or Adriel Jeremiah Green. Now, hold on. I hear you chuckling over AJ guy, you've been on you've been on this guy for so long. I, I like AJ Green. We share we share a name, okay? But the guy has not produced in Hold a couple on. Of years. Hold on, I'm gonna get there. Give me a chance. Let let me sell you on Adriel. You ready? Did, did you know you can get this man third round right now? Yeah, I did. <laughs> so you're telling me you start off a draft, you go running back, running back, and then you follow it up with AJ Green. If if I get that to happen, I'm doing cartwheels. I might even try a backflip. I'll probably break my back. <laughs> but I'd be jumping. That is an insane discount. Now, the the Bengals brought in the new offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. New offensive mind, supposed to be this bright-minded guy. And Tyler Boyd, I brought this up in my in the running back episode. Tyler Boyd, he's a solid NFL wide receiver. So that's going to open up more of the fields for AJ Green. It's going to draw some of the attention. Now, Green had was banged up last year. All right, he played eight games. So essentially, he played half the year. Some people could say nine, but yeah, he came in, he put one ball for seven yards. Like, get that out of here. That doesn't count. I'm not counting that. 
as a game. He played eight games last year. In those eight games, okay, he had six touchdowns. Six touchdowns in eight games. If you had A.J. Green the first half of the year, you were like, this is a top five wide receiver. But then he got hurt, and everybody turned sour on him again. Now, if he would have finished out the year, if he kept that same pace, he would have finished with 90 catches for 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. If you have that, that's a top five wide receiver. And you're telling me you could potentially have that in the third round. Not to mention that since 2017, A.J. Green averages over nine targets a game and heavily used in the red zone. The Bengals have that new offense with the offensive coordinator. They want to get Joe Mixon involved more. They use Mixon out of the passing game, too. And I know I keep on bringing, I keep on talking about the Bengals and their weapons, and I can't get away from Joe Mixon, apparently. But Mixon's going to open up the field to A.J. Green, too. So you guys out there, you guys will be seeing me with a little A.J. Green, Joe Mixon stack, and I don't know how I feel about that with Dalton as the quarterback. But you know what? The Red Rifle isn't that bad. He's better than Eli. I'll take Dalton over Eli any day of the week. So give me, I, I might be buying Dalton's a too much, but A.J. Green, he deserves to be in the top 10. And for everyone out there that's letting him fall to the third round, I have two words to say to you. Thank you. Because I will gladly take you now. And I will take you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, can't, I can't do it. That's my guy. And I don't like it. Hey, don't get me wrong. I do like AJ Green, but I got I got a hot take for you, right? I'm gonna serve it up real hot right now. I think I think Boyd has a better season this year, even if AJ stays healthy. Well, Speechless. You actually broke up. I can't hear what you said. <laughs> I think I think AJ Green is not going to have as good a season as Tyler Boyd. Uh, should, should, Tyler Boyd should, I, should I just go ahead and end the podcast right now? Because you're talking complete foolery right now. Yeah, I know, I know this is your man, okay? I had Tyler Boyd last year. He was pretty damn good. And, I mean, just because he's their number two receiver, I think he can put up receiver one numbers easily with AJ there that has I mean the red rifle as you like to call him <laughs> he needs to step up and play better and more consistent I mean and like I said I do like AJ Green okay let's calm it down but I think Tyler Boyd is gonna put up very similar numbers if not better next yeah year. but you know Dalton and Green have that chemistry that him and Boyd don't have yet as long as AJ Green's on the field then AJ Green's gonna be the number one Boyd will put up Good numbers, yeah, but you got to remember too. His offensive coordinator is a fan of the running game too, so Mixon is going to be heavily involved. So it's it's really going to come down to Dolan, and I just I see Dolan favoring AJ Green now. I know Boyd actually produced better with AJ Green on the field, which was which kind of surprised me a little bit. But with with that happening, if Boyd is getting all these targets, then defenses will lean to that side and then that'll free up aj green they're gonna they're gonna work off of each other and i think that's gonna be beneficial to both receivers 
But when it comes down to they're in the red zone, they're inside the 20, Dolan is going to go to green. He just is. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't think... he's going to get a very mean tweet from me, Mark. <laughs> give, give him a taste of the oh, old I'm middle finger. Give him two of them so high the touch in the sky. Before I get into my number nine, I will say that Boyd and Green is, a, I, in my opinion, a, an underrated duo. I think that could be one of the top duos, receiving duos in the league. Uh, my number nine, this one might surprise you a little bit. All right. My number nine, he had a change of scenery last season, mid-season, and blew up. My number nine is Amari wow. Cooper. Wow. Not bad. Amari Cooper had stupid potential when he got drafted. But there's, there was one problem. He went to Oakland, the black hole. Yeah, nothing against the Oakland fans. I know they're all crazy, and they'll probably come <laughs> drag me out of my house. But I'm just—that's not—that's not. It hasn't been a good place to for these young players. Like, I don't know. But I mean, look at it. He got traded. He went to Dallas. Since the Dallas trade, right? I mean, and I'm not going to count the first game, but like since he really got going in Dallas. Uh, he averaged 14.6 points a game at receiver. That's pretty impressive. Uh, he had seven touchdowns at, at last year as a total. That's going to rise, right? You, you get you get a full off season with the Dallas with the, with the teammates and and uh, I mean you get more comfortable with the playbook and all that. Like he just he needed a change, and once the change happened, he just exploded off the map. I mean. Yeah, he only finished with a thousand yards, but again, I mean, he didn't play that many games in Dallas, and he was a totally different player when he played in Dallas. Yeah, no, I agree. I like Amari Cooper a lot. Unfortunately for him, he did not crack my top ten, but he was just outside of it, and he will be one of the first people I talk about when we break down our eleven through twenty wide receivers. I just couldn't squeak him in there. Now, my number nine is Mike Evans. So we already, we already broke him down pretty well for the most part, the inconsistent quarterback play. So why don't we just go ahead. Oh, one thing I wanted to bring up on Mike Evans that I forgot to mention earlier. Um, Deshaun Jackson's gone, which is nice. And that dude, uh, what's his name? Humphreys? Yeah, he's, gone. he's gone. So... The, the wide receiver, of course, thin. I mean, it's it's Evans and Godwin. Now, I like Godwin a lot, but Mike Evans, you got to figure, you got to add a few targets on top for that. And, uh, no, I can definitely see him having a big year. I happen to be a Jameis fan in 2019. I think that he's going to have a really solid year. So, I definitely like Evans. So, Evans is my nine. But why don't we just jump right into your number 10? Number 10, it, it was very tough for me to close out this list because, I mean, I, it, there's two guys pretty much at the same spot. And I went with T.Y. Hilton for my number 10 spot. And, I mean, 
There's good and bad with T.Y., but the big the big factor is Andrew Luck is back. And when Andrew Luck's back, that means T.Y. Hilton's back. So, I mean, he's going to have a big year. He averaged, he averaged just under 17 yards per reception. He had only 76 catches on 120 targets. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's going to improve. But he's still at 1,200 yards, six touchdowns. He missed two games, but he still finished at the 14th overall receiver. Uh, I mean, he's definitely the number one target over there. And uh, he's, he's a big play guy. So, I mean, that I, I like I like watching T.Y. Hilton play. Andrew Luck, if he comes back and does what he did last year, I mean, he was definitely back. Back in, you know, MVP conversation form right there. So I think T.Y. is going to have another big year. Yeah, and I actually totally agree with you because Mr. Hilton, or as I like to is my number 10 also. Now, Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck last year, he looked great towards the end of the year, the second half of the season, I should say. At first, he he wasn't really airing out the cannon yet. You could tell he was a little hesitant. I feel like he needed to get hit a couple times so he could get comfortable because he, he missed the whole season the year prior. So I think that Andrew Luck in 2019 is going to be in the MVP running, and he's going to have an even bigger year than he did last year. I'm really high on Andrew Luck this year, and that means great things for T.Y. Hilton. Like you said, he had basically 1,300 yards of six touchdowns last year. If you give me a 100% mentally and physically healthy Andrew Luck, I mean, this, I mean, this dude has led the NFL in receiving yards before. Like, I could see him going for 14, 1,500 yards. And I know the most touchdowns he's had in a season is seven. His career high is seven. He's tied it multiple times. But, I mean, why can't we throw him an extra one? Why can't we go eight touchdowns? And if he, if he can go for 13, 50, and eight touchdowns, then you'll be really happy with that. Now, I wouldn't feel that confident if he's the number one wide receiver on my team. I think he's a really good number two. If I had him at number, if I had him as my number one, I probably wouldn't. Too, I probably wouldn't feel too great about it. But I think he just squeaks into the top ten. I just gave him the edge over Amari Cooper only because the quarterbacks. I think Andrew Luck is a much better, much more polished quarterback than Prescott. So I'm giving the edge to Hilton, under the caveat that Andrew Luck will be a healthier Andrew Luck uh, this season. Yeah, just to, just to fill in our listeners, when me and Mark do our list, we don't do them in the same room. We don't do them the same day. We, we, <laughs> we do everything separate, and we don't tell each other who's, on, who's where on each, on each of our lists until we do it live. We've had some very odd similarities with our list. I did not see T.Y. Hilton 10 on your list at all. No, that's uh, that's pretty. It's actually a little disappointing, if I'm being honest. We had like what three matching out of the top ten, something like that. Something like that. And and the big thing I'm I realize is, I mean, Keenan Allen isn't on. Our I list. know. Isn't that shocking? I was I was I, I wanted is- to put him. Like, at eight, like, when I first looked at all the receivers, I was like, okay, Keenan Allen's here, he's in the top ten. 
And then when I was looking at all the numbers and like really thinking about it, I was like, is he in the top 10? See, I have him, I, I made a note after I put TY at 10 that Keenan Allen is number 10B. He's the number one receiver in a high-powered offense. But my thing is, I mean, he's got Philip Rivers. That's that's a great quarterback throwing the ball. But I think Mike Williams is just going to keep taking targets. I think Mike Williams is going to have a big year. I mean, he may pop up in our next podcast, you know, 11 to 24, you know, whatever we're going to do. But I, that, I mean, really, Mike Williams is the reason why Keenan Allen isn't on my top 10. And I, I hear you. I I almost felt dirty. I felt like I needed to take a shower after I left Keenan Allen off of my list. I love Keenan Allen, but uh, it didn't feel. It no, didn't feel it, right. it doesn't feel right at all. But I mean, th- these are really early ranks, so who knows? In a month or two from now, Keenan Allen very well could be in the top ten, and I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. But today, he does not make the cut. Good day, sir. And I don't want to. Like, you don't want to hold grudges against certain players, but the one year I took Keenan Allen is one of the many years he got hurt. So that always stuck with me. Like, I know he's he's been healthy, what, the last two years? First year, he's been pretty healthy the last couple of years. Yeah. But it's still He's injury prone. Yeah. Well, see, I don't even know if it's necessarily fair to label his, him as injury prone because the injuries he suffers are just so outrageously weird like he he what he like he ruptured like his fucking spleen or something one year like yeah. like how did like what like I feel like he's he's just really drawn the short straw sometimes but the reason why he didn't make my top 10 is because like the touchdowns are just never there like the touchdowns just never can get high enough for me to feel really good about having him like that early in a draft, I guess you could say. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I know I have T.Y. Hilton at 10, and he's another low-touchdown guy. But with him, with the, with the healthy luck, I can see 1,500 yards. With Keenan Allen, I see more of like a like a like 12.50 and 6 or 7. With Hilton, I can see 15 and 7. So I kind of gave him the edge because, I yeah. mean, if I'm starting a franchise today, I'm taking Andrew Luck over Philip Rivers, obviously. I think pretty much everybody would. So that's why I gave the benefit of the doubt to T.Y. Hilton. But when we do do the next wide receiver show, it's pretty safe to say, I think both of us will have Keenan Allen coming up pretty quickly on that list. Yeah, yeah, we both will. Uh, one player I wanted to touch on uh, is Tyreek Hill. So... I mean, it's obvious if he didn't have all this, you know, legal stuff going on, which, I mean, he may not even play this season. Who knows? He, I mean, he would probably be a top five for me. But, I mean, obviously, we got to leave him off this list because he may not even take a snap. Yeah, no, I agree. I didn't even, I didn't even consider ranking Tyreek Hill just because um, – I have a firm belief that he's not going to see the field this year. And even if he does, I'm not convinced it'll be with the Chiefs because, I mean, you saw what the Chiefs did with Kareem Hunt. I mean, they straight up cut him, like, immediately. Now, they haven't cut him yet. I think that's because with uh, Kareem Hunt, it was a little 
I'm not going to say that what he did was was worse, but with with uh, Kareem Hunt's, you could see it, and the video was out there for everybody to see. With Tyreek Hill, you don't have that, or as far as I know, there's no video of what he did. There's no visual. There's no visual, but there's audio, and the audio is pretty oh, Okay, see, I didn't know that. I haven't even listened to the audio yet, but everything that I've been hearing about it is it seems very dark and gloomy, and I'm just... Till I hear otherwise, I'm not gonna rank him because I just don't see him play him. Agreed. All right, so that is going to wrap up our top ten list, but we're gonna close out the show with a little more questions from the community that came in. Like I said, we can't get to all of them because the podcast is already running long. And one person out there actually said that our running back episode was too long, and that that's not cool, man. I mean, come on. Like, how can uh, we can talk? We're trying to serve up. Like, we're trying to serve up the night. If okay, if we were, if we didn't have like a time limit, me and you, we could talk about running backs for hours. So the fact true. that we kept it down to a buck twenty, I mean, I think that's pretty good. So I was proud of myself. Yeah, me too. I mean, I know I ended it on a little bit of a show mixing rant, but I mean, that's that's gonna be expected. So let's uh, let's dive in to the mailbag. Let's answer a few of these questions before we get out of here. Um, sending this one over to you now, Darnell J. On Sleeper sent in a question. He says, "Is there a long-term solution at running back for the Kansas City Chiefs?" I see they drafted one. Just wondering some opinions on this matter. I don't believe, in my opinion, that they have a long-term solution right now. But I will say one guy in that backfield I do like is Carlos Hyde. Uh, and Andy Reid Andy Reed always has a game plan that favors running backs. Like, if you go back to Philly, McCoy was great. Ryan Westbrook, before McCoy was even in the league, was great. I mean, Jamal Charles, when he came over to KC. I think, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Hyde's on their level, but I think he's going to play pretty well this year. So, if I had to pick one of those guys, honestly, believe it or not, I will go with Carlos Hyde. I think he's going to wrestle that job away. See, I think I like Carlos Hyde too. I think he could be sneaky, like you're saying, like he could take the job because he's he's definitely more than Williams. And in my opinion, he's the better overall back. Now Williams can catch the ball. I think that's why ultimately he will hold the job. But I do think he'll lose some uh, some looks to Hyde for sure. Like without a doubt in my mind, Hyde is going to take some red zone work. But to answer the question with a little more of a broad stroke, I do not think the Chiefs are on the roster today. Yeah, I don't either. Okay, so the next question also coming in through Sleeper is from uh, John Cutter. He asks, how high are you on Travis Kelsey this year? Is he a mid-second rounder in redraft non-PPR leagues? Uh man, I mean me personally. Now that now that Gronk is retired, as much as it pains me to say that, I can't see myself taking a tight end anywhere in the second or third. I mean Kelsey's great. Kelsey is a phenomenal tight end, but 
I can't see myself taking a tight end that early. Not me. I don't know. <laughs> see, I'm I'm kind of this one. I think that the advantage that Travis Kelsey can give you over your opponents on a week to week basis is big to ignore. Kind of like like if you were to flip it, right? And if you were to say, use this question, but go back a few years and use Gronk. And would you take Gronk in the second round in, I don't know, like 2015? You'd say yes. Because the, like, like he, he will put up the numbers that can match a top 10 receiver. And you're getting that out of, and you're getting that product out of a position. Sucks. So I actually like Kelsey. In the second round, I guess it kind of depends on how big your league is. Like, if it's a 10-team, I'd be more willing to do it because uh, there'll be more players on the board when your pick comes around again. If it's, like, a 12 or a 14-team team, I think it, uh, I might pass just because the other positions are going to be scarce because you, it, it, it's really tough to sacrifice a second-round pick and skip on skip out on a running back. Or a great receiver for a tight end. It's it's hard to do, but depending on the circumstances or the caliber of player that I'm playing with, I could definitely see myself going with Kelsey second round of a draft. But I'm not a, I'm not really a tight end guy, but I see the argument. Yeah, I, I agree with, with with everything you said. I mean, Kelsey is definitely worth a second-round pick if that's how you want to build your team. That's not typically how I build my team. But, I mean, he's worthy of a second-round pick. There's no denying that. So, I mean, if, if you are comfortable enough to take a tight end and then build around that, then go for it. But, I mean, we're New England guys, so, I mean, a few years ago, like Gronk in our, in our leagues, Gronk would be a first-rounder. Like, that would happen. So, we've seen it done before. Kelsey's a great player. He's on Gronk level. But uh, that's just not how I build my team. So, I would I would probably pass on tight end. Yeah, see, funny you mentioned, you mentioned Gronk. Because last year, I, those of you who don't know, and obviously you wouldn't know this, but I had AJ join one of my work leagues that I was running. And the players that were in the work league, there was a lot of first-timers in it. And I had, I had an early pick, 2-3 swing. It was a 12-team. I had the second pick. So at 2, I took Le'Veon Bell. Feel free to your own sound effects and crickets because that was a huge letdown. But then on the 2-3 swing, mix in. And then I did the ultimate flex. And I took Gronk because I'm like, I have more experience than these guys. I'm going to be able to take Gronk here. And I'm going to be able to fill out my team with my experience, and my team's just going to be a powerhouse. Now, obviously, it didn't work because Le'Veon Bell did not even look at the field, and Gronk had a down year, so it kind of blew up in my face. But if you're confident that you can draft Kelsey and you can build a strong team around him, I definitely recommend doing it. But if you don't have a lot of experience drafting like that with a tight end that early, I definitely do like a ton of mock drafts and try to figure out if you're comfortable with it. Because once you draft, you, it's done. So make sure you know what you're doing before you get into that because that is a sketchy area to be in, especially when you're on the clock and it's uh, ticking down. 
Yeah, some good points. Okay, so I got another question for you here. You'll love this one. This one's also coming through Sleeper. It's from... I'm going to butcher this name. I'm going to try it anyway. It looks like... Ka Cope Adri. Sorry if I completely butchered that, but he asked, or she, they say, with the of Nikhil Harry and Tom Brady having good connection and the Lions announcing that they're going to be a run-first football is what are the chiefs you can outscore Kenny Galladay? I am very confident in Nikhil Harry. I would I would think he would be able to outscore Galladay, to be honest. Um, I'm not buying the whole Detroit going run first thing. As long as they have Stafford over there, I'm not really buying that. But, I mean, if you think about New England situation, you got Edelman. He's a slot guy. He's going to get a ton of targets. But on the outside, they got Demarius Thomas. He's probably going to start off on the pup list. Uh, I mean, Josh Gordon, he, he, we don't know if he's going to be reinstated or, you know, what's going on with him. I mean, they signed they signed Inman. It, like, it's really going to be Nikhil Harry and Edelman at the beginning of the year. So I think I think Nikhil Harry, I mean, he's already getting the chemistry up with Edelman and Brady. They're working together right now. So I think Nikhil Harry's going to be a pretty solid year as a rookie, to be honest. No, I uh... – I, I even I reached out to him once he submitted this question. I didn't respond to everyone when they submitted. Kind of wrote them down, but when I read this question, I had to reply to him, and I was like, "That is a great question," because like you can see a world where Nikhil Harry could outperform Allen. Now, I I'm a Patriots fan also. We're in the New England area, so I want to lean towards Harry, but if if I'm being a realist, I'm going to give the edge to Galladay just because Stafford is still a major gunslinger. And like you, I don't buy the run first because, I mean, do you really think Stafford is going to be happy if he just keeps on handing off the rock the whole game? Like, Stafford wants to air it out. And Galladay is big, fast. He has great hands. I remember I was watching, I think it was the Thanksgiving game. I saw, no, it was actually against the Patriots last season. I saw this one play stuck in my mind, and I don't know why I can't get it out. Like when I think Galladay, I think of this one play. And it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a completed catch. There was a play where Galladay was doing a fade route in the end zone. And Stafford put it right on the money. And this guy, he jumped up in the air, but he jumped backwards almost to like being like a laying down position in midair to try to drag his feet in. But I've never seen a football player do that before like he basically jumped up and turned himself into like a horizontal line and it was low to the ground and he made the catch but he hit out of bounds so it wasn't a touchdown but when I saw the acrobatics on that catch I was like I had flashbacks of Calvin Johnson and I was like oh my god this kid could be something so and they lost Golden Tate so that's going to open up some uh, some uh, some catches and then um, Marvin Jones, he's still there. He'll still be annoying for the Galladay owner. Um, I mean, if if Jones can catch those deep balls, he usually gets like four or five deep shots a game. Last season, they didn't often. So Galladay kind of got a little bit of favoritism from Stafford. So I'm going to give the edge to Galladay because also we're very well versed in the New England Patriots. 
And the Patriots, the Patriots are high-powered offense. They're, they're going to absolutely put points on the board. But, I mean, you got Edelman there. Then you got Demarius Thomas. We don't know what his status is. Josh Gordon, we don't know his either. But everyone's led to believe Gordon will be back. Uh, I don't know about Demarius Thomas yet with that Achilles, but I follow him on social media, and it looks like he'll be fine. I just don't know if Nikhil Harry will necessarily have the opportunities. Galvanay will have the opportunities. I'm not convinced Nikhil Harry will have as many opportunities his rookie season. So I'm going to be a realist here. I'm going to be anti-homer. I'm going to give Galladay the edge. I think Galladay will outperform Nikhil Harry. I'm not sure it'll necessarily be all that close. I disagree. But before I get into that, I'm a little distracted by the fact of you using Calvin Johnson's name in a sentence about Galladay. Hold on, hold on one second. Hold on one second. A, uh, a cop just pulled up next to me and I said in the car, how you doing, sir? <laughs> just making a phone call. I don't want to wake up my kids. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I saw you drive by a couple of times. I was like, I think he's going to turn down, but I, I wasn't positive. All right, thank you. Have a good night. We're just trying to record the podcast. Today. Yeah, so uh, sorry about that in- interruption, folks. I'm not going to edit that out because how funny is that? That just shows our di- to the craft that I just had the police pull up on me and ask what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, It is almost 3 a.m. here. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's 3 a.m. And we're over here talking about Kenny Galladay and Nikhil Harry. Better be subscribing to this podcast. We're almost going to jail for this. Right? Yeah, that would have been a fun one to tell the wife and the kids. Like, hey, can you come and uh, come and pick me up? I was talking about Nikhil Harry until three in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Who the hell's Harry? <laughs> Who's Harry? Um, okay, so I don't want the police to come back. So we're going to end this thing with one last question. So this one comes in from... I'm so bad. Mauricio Gonzalez, and he actually uh, got in contact with me through Facebook. He asks, he says, what is the better duo to start off my draft this year? I have picked 12 in a 12-team league. I'm deciding between Devontae Adams, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Julio Jones, and Le'Veon Bell. I guess Sony, too, from what you guys said in the running back episode. So this guy already gets bonus points because he listens to the running back show, and he knows you're high on Sony. So if you had to pick, what combo would you go there? Now, I actually have a question on this. He has, it says Adams. He didn't put Devontae. I don't know if Devontae Adams would be there at 12. I feel like he wouldn't be. But for sake of argument, I guess let's say he is there. If, I mean, if Adams is there, if Devontae Adams is there at 12, you take Devontae Adams. Well, I mean, he, he also mentions Julio. So we just did our list, obviously. So you go Adams over Julio. So you take Adams, and then who else from Mixon, Cook, Julio, or Le'Veon, or Sony? Um, 
That's tough. I mean, he said it's a keeper league or no? Uh, Did he specify with the PPR? No, was... he didn't specify. He just said it was a, a 12 team and he had the 12th pick. Who would you go? So, I guess, I mean, for sake of argument, for sake of argument, just say it's a half point PPR. Yeah, I mean, well, either way, I would, you have to go Devontae Adams. I can't see anybody with him available at 12 not taking him. And, um, you know what? Give me Sony. I'm high on him. I'm sticking with it. I'll take Sony. What? Devontae Adams and Sony. You, you never see I mean, it's, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm not surprised at all. I now, Mauricio, listen to me, okay? You take Devontae Adams in there. Absolutely no-brainer. And then out of the players you listed, Joe Mixon. No. Is who you need. Joe Mixon is what we Joe Mixon is a monster. And if you can start off a team with Devontae Adams and Joe Mason, just make sure your league mates, make sure they're up front. Draft those two players at 12 and 13. You have such an edge over just about anybody else in the league. I don't know what kind of players you're playing with. In there. I mean, like me and AJ, we can come over, we can take two spots. Yeah, sign me up. Alright, so that is going to do it for this episode. It is 3 a.m. I am exhausted and I got to uh, you know gotta keep the police away from me. So So you guys out there make sure, like I said, we are now on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. We are at champs underscore podcast. Um Make sure also you guys are following our Instagram, which is uh, for champs. You can reach out to us on Facebook. Any questions you have, we are on the Sleeper app. We're on Fantasy Life app. We're anywhere you can find fantasy football stuff. We will be there. So don't be a stranger. Make sure you guys are reaching out to us. Thank you guys for tuning in. You guys are the best. Any last words, AJ? Appreciate the listens, guys. Uh, we we love the send us questions, you know, things we can do better. We're new at this. We're enjoying it. We're trying to, you know, blow this thing up a little bit. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much. All right. Couldn't have said it better myself. So that is going to do it. 3 a.m. has officially just struck. So until the next, I'm out of here. He's out of here. Peace.